So we are starting a new sermon series today called Fail, What to Do When Things Go Wrong, which uh, makes the next two weeks really easy in planning worship, because if anything goes wrong, we're just going to say it's part of the series. We're going to uh, spend the next two weeks in the book of Jeremiah, and uh, before we dive in today, let's, uh, let's pray. Would you pray with me? Holy God, we are thankful for the opportunity to gather, to worship you, to hear your word. May your words today speak to our hearts. May our minds be open to learn. May we grow deeper in our relationship with Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. How many of you have had that experience we talked about with the kids where you've said something that you know you shouldn't have, you've done something you know you shouldn't have, and you would just like a do-over? Anyone? Right? Most of us have had this experience. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe for you, uh, a good analogy better than Play-Doh, because some of us, it's been years since we played with Play-Doh. Maybe a better analogy. How many of you are golfers? We have some golfers in the room. Um, golfers or anybody who's watched golf will, will know this. There is the mulligan in golf, right? The mulligan is an opportunity to go again. You have hit your golf ball deep into the rough, into the woods, wherever it is, you know you're not going to be able to hit it again. Maybe you've hit it into the next, the, the next, uh, the, the homes next to the fairway or, or the, the, the yards across the street. I'm just speaking from my experience. And uh, your friends, the first thing they do in a very supportive way, they laugh at you. And, uh, and then they offer you a mulligan, a mulligan, it's a, it's a do-over. And I don't know about you, but there are moments in my life, not just on the golf course, where a wayward shot makes me wish that I had a mulligan, a, a do-over. And that's where we're going to meet Jeremiah today in this, in this question of what does it look like in life when we failed, when we've messed up. Matt Miofsky is a pastor in St. Louis, and uh, he wrote a great book about Jeremiah called Fail, What to Do When Things Go Wrong. You maybe can guess. It's the, it's the foundation of this short sermon series we're doing over the next two weeks. And he says this about the prophet Jeremiah, and I, I appreciate uh, his writing. We're going to draw pretty heavily from it over the next two weeks. He said, Jeremiah was born in the worst possible time, in the worst possible place, and given the worst possible job. And understand what was going on for Jeremiah, we need to know a little bit about the kingdom of Israel. The kingdom of Israel is God's people. And, and they had experienced great times under King David. King David made some mistakes, but then he, he repented. He turned around, he turned back to God. He, he asked for forgiveness for those mistakes. And then, and then he, led, he led the people of God and they, they had this prosperous time and everything was amazing and great. And then... King David's son Solomon began to turn away from God and the kings after that and the, the kingdom just began to crumble. And that is when Jeremiah was born. He was born into a time when everything in, in the country was falling apart. And, and in the midst of that, the Babylonian empire was starting to gain power and invade 
And there was a good king in Israel, Josiah, that came along and and Jeremiah started his ministry with, with Josiah, and, and his job was, was to speak to the king, and, and Josiah started to make some improvements, but then Josiah died, and Josiah's sons turned back to wicked ways. They turned away from God. They continued to take advantage of the people. And so Jeremiah's job, here, imagine this is a job posting, right? Uh, Jeremiah's job, you will need to go to the king and the rulers and people with great power and tell them that they're messing everything up and pronounce destruction upon them even though I know that they're not going to change. Show of hands, who wants that job? All right, a couple people are brave. Yes, Jeremiah was brave. Jeremiah took that job. He said, I'll, I'll do it. Right? And what makes this story of Jeremiah so compelling isn't, isn't that he was a great preacher and that everyone changed. The people, they, they actually didn't change. The empire would fall and everybody would be taken into exile. What makes Jeremiah's story compelling is that he was just like you all with your hands up. He was faithful to God. He said, I'll do it. He followed God's lead. He held on to hope. He knew that even if his efforts failed, God was doing something in his word and in his, his witness. Jeremiah can remind us that we don't always control the circumstances of our lives. Sometimes things happen around us that makes life really hard. Sometimes everything doesn't go the way that we want it to. And sometimes we mess up. Sometimes we say the wrong thing. Sometimes we make terrible mistakes. So the question isn't whether we will fail. Our hands all went up. We all fail. The question is, how will we deal with that failure? What defines us as the people of God, we learn from Jeremiah. What defines who we are as followers of Jesus, isn't our success and our failure, but how we respond. And let me share that one more time, this lesson from Jeremiah. What defines us as the people of God is how we respond to our failures. Jeremiah's message to the people of God was pretty straightforward. In fact, there are like 17 chapters in Jeremiah. And if you've ever read it, it's like doom and gloom and destruction. And, and he tells the people and he tells the kings, like, you have sinned. You are not taking care of people. You are fine even though people are struggling all around you. You are hoarding resources and taking advantage of the poor. You have turned to idols instead of God. You are, you are worshiping other things like money and power and influence. But even as he emphasizes all the results of these failures, Jeremiah has another message that he's given from God. And we're going to pick up that part of the story in Jeremiah chapter 18. So this is what it says. It says, this is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. 
So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as it seemed best. Then the word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah says. He said, can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. Israel here means people of God. So he says, like clay in the hand of the potter, God says, so are you, my people, people of, of God. If at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, and if that nation I warned repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. And if at another time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted, and if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I had intended for it. Now therefore say to the people of Judah and those living in Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says, look, I am preparing a disaster for you and devising a plan against you. So turn from your evil ways, each one of you, and reform your ways and your actions. But they will reply, it's no use. We will continue with our own plans. We will all follow the stubbornness of our evil hearts. I don't know about you, but the end of that passage is kind of a bummer. Right? The end of this passage, it sounds really ominous and, and full of, of God's judgment. But, but if we look at the image that Jeremiah is given, we might realize there's something else here. When a potter is shaping clay on a wheel, I shared a little bit, it's a little different than Plato. When a potter is shaping clay on a wheel, if it starts to get blemished or it gets kind of wobbly and, and out of whack, what happens is the, the, the potter will take either water and it'll crush it all the way back down and then reform it, or will literally take the clay, the lump of clay off, kind of squish it together and put it with other clay and back into water so that it, so that it has life again, and then we'll take it back out and reform, reform something out of it. Right? The clay isn't thrown out. It's just taken when it has a blemish, when it has a problem. It's, it's taken it, so that given life so that it can be reshapen into something useful or, or beautiful. It's as though God is trying to, to show Jeremiah and through Jeremiah, God's people, you don't have to be defined by your mistakes. You don't have to be defined by the things you've done that have messed things up. God the potter stands ready to erase the, the blemish, start over if needed, to, to shape us into the people God desires us to be. I think we live in a world that, that wants to define us by our mistakes, by the things that we've said, by the things that we've done in the past. We live in a world that is slow to grace and slow to forgiveness, and it makes us often define ourselves by our mistakes. So God gives Jeremiah this image that says, those bad things you've done, that, that's not the end of the story. They don't have to define you. You're going to be defined by something else. You are going to be defined by God's grace. God isn't finished with us yet. 
That's the heart of the, the message in the potter. God isn't finished with you yet. When you've made a mistake, yeah, it can be awful, and then there can be consequences, but God, God isn't finished with you yet. Until we realize and live into the full grace of God, God, God isn't finished. With that image, we then go back to these ending verses of Jeremiah, the ones that are kind of that are kind of a bummer, right? And we notice that first, Jeremiah instructs um, instructs the people, he shares God's word with the people, and he says, yeah, I, these terrible things, there are going to be terrible consequences, because God is, is not happy, and when you don't take care of people, the world around you is going to fall apart. But notice, notice what God says. If you'll just turn and repent and turn back to me, it isn't too late. It isn't too late. But then, there's another part of the message. God tells Jeremiah, but you should know, they won't listen. They won't change their hearts. And, and I think there's a message in that too. Pastor Matt shares in his book, and, and I agree, Maybe the people didn't change. Like some people think, well, God's not going to let them change, but I don't think that's it. It doesn't say that. Maybe, maybe the people didn't change because they didn't have faith in God's grace. They didn't believe in the power of God's forgiveness. They weren't open to turning back to God and, and recognizing that God could make things right again. And so really, at the heart of Jeremiah... And Jeremiah's message, it's an invitation. We can choose to be a, a brittle piece of, of broken clay with blemishes and leaks and problems and let ourselves dry up and, and turn away from, from God. We can believe that we're beyond repair or that others are beyond repair and, and live with this idea that people are beyond saving. Or... Or we can choose to let God shape and mold our lives to be clay in the palm of God's hands. We can choose to even sometimes let God squish it back down, experience the consequences so that we can be made into what God desires us to be. Sometimes that's putting things away in our life that's causing hurt or pain for us and others. But the gift is... The gift is that we can let God make us into who God wants us to be. And the question is, what will you choose? Hear this invitation from the prophet of Jeremiah that, that is, is amplified in and through the teaching and the way and the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus for us. It begins by acknowledging you will fail sometimes, you'll make mistakes. There will be things that don't go according to plan. There will be circumstances beyond our control. The consequences and the pain may be great. The invitation is this. How will we, how will you choose to respond? When things don't go the way you want them to, how will you respond?
when people don't change in the way that you want them to? How will you respond? When life deals you pain and struggle, how will you respond? When you fail, how will you respond? Will you trust in God's grace? Will you accept the forgiving and life-saving love of Jesus? Because if you are willing, God will take you dents and blemishes and failures and mistakes and all and refashion you into something useful and beautiful and new. Amen. Amen.